were Ariana DeBose and Tracy Ellis Ross wearing the same outfit? Oh, I, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> uh, were they? <laughs> I think so. They were like at least wearing like I don't know what it is. Never like a, like a bodice of a dress. It, like the the boobs are like their own separate thing. You know what I mean? Where it's like a like a dress. It's like I don't know, like flat or like has like a little cut or whatever. But it's like these just look like I don't know. I'm Aphrodite lady seashell bikinis on the boobs. I'm looking. You know what I'm talking about? Look it up. Just. Good Ariana DeBose. I'm not a fashion designer, Dylan. I don't know. Oh, I see. Oh, with the boobs, yeah. and it looks like there's like it's almost like a push-up bra. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it looks like they they probably have to like paste it. Uh, yeah, the there's definitely some adhesive on there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah I would be um, so pissed if I wore the same outfit as someone else. Yeah, especially if you just won an Oscar. I know, and then Tracy's like, "I have an Emmy. Does that count?" <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Wait, does she even have an Emmy? And now came talk, talk, talk. Hi. Hello. Hi. It's so quiet. I know. We're so quiet, it's like so little mice. So, it's raining here in LA today. So oh, it is. What? Yeah, there's there's a little trickle. Maybe you'll be able to hear it in the background when you're. But editing. Albert Hammond said it never rains in Southern California. It's rained like literally six times since I've moved here. I don't know. That's I brought the rain, bitch. You brought it. Uh, it was fucking oh. so pretty here today. That's so nice. Yeah. I finally didn't feel like I was gonna die from COVID, and I went on a nice <laughs> little walk, oh, no. and it was delightful. Look at that. We're here. The sun is shining, except in Southern California. Yep, not not shining. It's a it's a cool. It's a cute. It's eighty two degrees. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I I love that. Austin is good again. Well, it's because South by's over. Yeah. yeah, it's over. Thank God. Thank thank fucking. Christ. You got to take Although all the celebrities from here for a little bit, and traffic wasn't as bad. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Welcome to Straight People Movies, the podcast where we, uh, two gays get together, watch a movie made for straight people, and we ask the question that's on everyone's mind. Why? All right, add a little filter to my voice. Yeah. Why? 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 If I knew how to do anything in GarageBand except <laughs> control C, I believe control in you, bitch. I believe uh, in you. I'll, I'll figure it out. You can I find see, the Mandy can... filter, bitch. Yeah. I'm going to Google how to sound like Mandy. Although I know Nicolas Cage's character's not name is Mandy. He's red. red. Yes. yes. This I is did like watch a, a Zelda situation. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Frankenstein thing. It, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But my name is Dylan Garcia. And I'm Kirk Van Sickle. And you may have heard we have a third voice coming from beyond the, the grave. Ooh, um, ooh, I'm, back. I'm back, baby. We got a great Judy of mine, comedian, video game designer, person who's beat me in magic too many times, and host of the upcoming podcast, But It Matters to Me, which features an episode featuring me. The very first one. We got Brian Bonnet, baby. Woo! Yes, 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 yes. Hey, everyone. Thanks for Hi. having me. Thanks for being on. Whenever we were decided to do a Nicolas Cage movie, it was like we had to have... We had to have you. You're the foremost expert of Nicolas Cage in all of Austin. 
Well, I also would have just crashed your episode if you had not invited oh, me. Oh, yeah. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> it would have been a very unfriended situation where it's like, Kirk, <laughs> there's a third person in the waiting room. I don't know who it is. Oh, my God. That would have been so fun, though. <laughs> it would have been so much fun. Fuck. Unfriended so good. I wish they weren't gay so we could talk about them. I know. Ugh, there's so many movies <laughs> I wish we could talk about, but we can't. So anyway, Although, now we're talking about Mandy though. instead. Here, <laughs> here's mean, a gag. Like, let's be real. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Is Unfriended gay or do we just like it? No, it's gay. I feel like in, t- in a movie that the entire thing is on a on a screen is no searching well, straight. Like, yeah, no. Well, the the villain of Unfriended is a ghost who shit herself. So I mean, that's gay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we've all and we've all and done they it. Show a lot of it. Name one. Well, name one adult gay man who has not shit himself. I don't poop, so that's a gag. That's the oh, tea, sis. Oh, you're one of those. That's the tea, sis. I don't poop. I throw up. God. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're a puker? You know it, baby. I'm a puker, too, bitch. Um, I can't puke. It, oh, no. it requires, like, a lot of effort for it to happen. Oh, oh it's so easy. I feel oh, I so drama when it. I do it. I love it. It's, I know. You're just like, I need to go to the restroom and excuse myself, and then you're just like, <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Like, just drunk forward. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's a little bit of a twitch. It's like uncontrollable. Like when your body can't control itself, it's so much fun. <laughs> you know what's really cute? This is I will start the episode soon, I promise. But um <laughs> my psychiatrist up my lithium and so now I have tremors. <laughs> but I Dylan. love it. It makes me feel like I'm fucking like Lil Edie. I'm just like You said I'm living my, my full girl interrupted fantasy. I'm finally here. <laughs> it's fine. I had to take so much mental health medication that it's starting to destroy my body from the inside out. I love that. I love that. I love that. We're doing great, everyone. We mentioned it earlier, <laughs> but we did talk about how this is a Nicolas Cage film. And what Nicolas Cage film are we talking about this week, Kirk? We're talking about every single straight boy who loves black metal and Anthony Fantano's favorite movie, Mandy. Mandy. I thought you were going to say every single one. And I was like, girl, I haven't seen Peggy Sue Got Married in a minute. So true. Uh, I could talk about it, though. Uh, <laughs> I've not seen that movie. So you just be monologuing about Peggy Sue Got Married. Yeah. <laughs> well, I she could has China. the dress. Oh, yeah. Brian's seen all of them. Yes. Yes. Oh. So you, you could just interject 100. and be like, yeah. All 100? That makes sense. That checks out, actually. I don't know why I sounded surprised. <laughs> His ass, his ass has been in a hundred movies for sure. Yes, <laughs> that's like one of my favorite things about him. It's just like he is just always working. Yeah, he's uh, he's been he's gone on record saying that like, well, one he just loves acting, he loves the work, mm-hmm. but also if he he's found out that when he's working, he doesn't have time to make bad decisions, so he'll Aww. just say yes to everything so that he'll just that. keep working. Ugh, that was I like, I, that's what happened to me whenever I would do like 12 improv shows a week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. I'm not a, I'm not a yes girl. I'm a no girl. <laughs> so me and Nick Cage are different in that way. <laughs> yeah. But, I have a, I have a bomb collar around Kirk's neck that doesn't go. If he, if he's not recording a podcast every Monday, it goes off. Yeah. That's so the only way true. I can get him to do it. It's yeah. very saw five, six, three. Five. I'm just five. saying, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. No, I'm pretty sure it's five. Um, it's what's this movie like about? another Nick wait. Cage movie, a ghost wait, is, of which Prisoner is, of the Ghostland. Prisoner of the Ghostland? What is, that is a fake movie. That's, That's actually, the Shion Shono film. Yeah, Shion it's Shono terrible. It's really oh, okay. bad. But I heard it's really bad. 
Yeah, he has a like a like a leather suit on that has like placed explosives. Like there's one two on his balls, so if he gets horny, it'll blow up his nuts. And then Hot. he has like ones on his neck and a couple of other places. And then in five days, if he doesn't bring like this girl back, like she has to say her name in like this voice thing. And then they have to make it back. And if it doesn't get there in time, then it all blows up. So that sounds someone... like the straightest movie I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. Honestly, it, it sounds it... major. I'd love it. Except it that's like a... the, like the least, like that's not really explored that much. The movie is actually more of like, if like Hodowowski made a movie after he had been hit in the face, like 17 times. <sighs> and then it was also Japanese. That's kind of where you're at, but then also make it boring. Okay. Okay, cute. That sounds great. Yeah, sounds like a five out of five like, for me. <laughs> I will. Get, I'll do anything to not watch an Oscar nominated movie from last year. Uh, I'll watch anything, literally anything. Okay, Just give it to me. I'll watch porn. I don't care. <laughs> but this week we're talking about Mandy. Um, Mandy. I'm assuming that everybody here had seen this film previously before this yes. episode. I had not. This is my first time. What, Ooh, Dylan? Yeah. You seemed opinionated about it. It's because <laughs> I hate Beyond the Black Rainbow so much. Oh, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That it's movie one of those is... movies where it's like, this is poison. The well is poisoned. I will never like it. It's, it's really hard for me to be mad during a movie. And Beyond the Black Rainbow is one of the few I can think of where I was actively upset during the whole thing <laughs> that I was watching it. I was like, this uh, is just. And I kept waiting and waiting and waiting for it to get good. And I was like, that's this the whole is fucking movie. just. A music video with no music. Um, yeah. yeah, literally. Um, what an awful movie. Well, I watched Mandy a couple years ago with my boyfriend, and we both Dude. really disliked it. Um, mostly because I think everyone was really hyping it up, and I was just like, and I was, I remember being like, "This is the Beyond the Black Rainbow guy." I don't know. And then I was like, "Well, there's more dialogue, so there's that." <laughs> but it definitely still has the same vibe of, of that movie just maybe a little bit more a little more plot driven question mark yeah i truly don't remember the plot of beyond the black rainbow there's like, no they're plot just like, they're in they're in like a room and there's then like space a synth, suits and then yeah it's like blue and then it's red yeah and then it's pink and then it's purple and then it's like ooh, it's blue and red yellow. at the same time little ooh. purple some bisexual lighting honestly <laughs> beyond the black rainbow invented bisexual lighting Honestly, it could have actually by accident. <laughs> that movie is weirdly influential. Like, because everything, like, at least, like, right now, like, how, like, The Weeknd and One of Tricks Went Never and, like, Perkin Genius and kind of everything is this very, like, spooky 80s. Oh, my like, God. Paperback is Beyond thing. the Black Rainbow the most influential film of the last 20 years? Uh, I really hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have to watch it again or anything. Well, what were your thoughts on Mandy, Brian, when you first saw it? I I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I saw it in theaters. Um, I feel like that would like really help. Yes, like just kind yeah. of being like overwhelmed by mm. the sound because it is a, like a very visceral movie. The soundtrack's very droney. When it gets like the movie really like has those big moments, having all of that sound and the size of the screen and everything was very immersive. Um, it was I was really funny though at the end of the movie because like there's a dude to my left that had brought a bunch of people and then I drug Jason to see it. And both of us, like we looked at each other and we were like, yeah. And then we both turned to the people we brought and they were like, nah, <laughs> they were like, what the fuck? Yes. Why'd you do this to me? I mean, it's definitely one of those kinds of movies. I feel like I kind of had that experience when I took uh, all my friends to see Tatan for my birthday last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where at the end of the movie, I was like, 
fuck yeah, that movie ruled. And everyone around me was like, um, what the fuck did we just watch? And I was like, art, obviously. Art, baby, art. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Well, that was before... me last year with Annette. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I, me I saw Annette at and home. Morgan. I can't even imagine seeing Annette in the theater. I feel like everyone would just be so confused. It was it was me and friend of the pod Morgan uh, Morgan Davis. We were both just like fully cheering the entire time, like high fiving each other, like just slapping each other's dicks. It was incredible. And then both of our respective partners were very upset at us uh, whenever we left. Yeah, I saw it in theaters, and it was had it was like decently filled, so it was probably about like sixty percent full, um, mm-hmm. like one of the smaller draft house theaters. And I was the only person openly laughing um, at a net at a net. Like yeah. no one else was. And there was oh. actually someone who side-eyed me. He was like upset that I was like laughing what? during the movie. I'm like, how are you not laughing? Why? Like, you're the that asshole here. It's got to be one of my biggest pet peeves about art films is when they're meant to be funny and people won't laugh. Like even like during mm-hmm. Tatan, there's like clearly comedic moments yes. in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's like y'all like follow your instincts. Like mm-hmm. it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> yeah. Like it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you'd like, I wrote an essay about people laughing in art house films uh, back in September when Annette came out, and I'll drop it in the chat. Yeah. Yes. It's good yes. stuff. Good stuff. Well, yeah. let's go ahead, and I'll give a little introduction for the movie. I feel like this might be one of the movies that maybe not a whole lot of our listeners might have watched. I mean, mm-hmm. it's definitely mm-hmm. not as big as some of the other things we've done, so we'll give you a little the lowdown well, on, on yeah. this Mandy. So, in honor of the upcoming Nicolas Cage meta film, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, and the fact that the internet has just been really talking about him recently. Like, he's just been on everyone's lips. Everyone's, he's just on everyone's lips. Uh, we're mm-hmm. talking Mandy, the 2018 film directed by Panos Cosmatos. I probably said that wrong. Cool starring, ass name. That is a so, cool yeah. name. Is he Greek? What's his, what's his vibe? I, that, that tracks. Yeah. Um, the aforementioned Nicolas Cage stars in it uh, with Andrea Riseborough, Linus Roche, Ned Dennehy, and Richard Brake. A lot of fake names. A lot of like, fake, lot of fake Roach. people in this movie. Um, <laughs> Richard Brake. So the movie follows Red. He's played by Nicolas Cage, and he's got his girlfriend, titular Mandy. And they live in the woods, and they draw, and they're just generally very cool. Um, and then one day a cult kidnaps Mandy, tortures and kills her, and that's the first hour of the movie. <laughs> um, yeah. And then and then the I can't really confidently tell you what happens after that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I can't, like, there's cocaine, there's alcohol, animation. there's porn, there's animation, there's a, there's a, a tower, there's a, there's a cult, there's an axe, there's a sword, there's a gun, there's, there's arrows. The crossbow. Is that still a crossbow? Yes. It's a crossbow. Okay. Like, is yeah. that, it's like, where does it, is that just like a gun with a bow on it? I mean, it's kind of what a crossbow is. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like a, yeah. yeah. Anyway. So yeah, that's Mandy. Mandy, yeah. Mandy, Mandy. So I'll just go ahead and get it out of the way so that we can just, you know, like really clear the air. I really disliked this movie even more <laughs> this time. To be fair, I was on my phone the entire time and I didn't finish it because we didn't time this episode properly. And I read the rest of the plot on Wikipedia right before I came on with you guys. So everything I say, take with a grain of salt. <laughs> and I'm sorry. It's okay. It I'm sorry, work. Nicolas Cage. I'm sorry, Panos Cosmatos. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry Andrea I'm sorry, I'm Jada sorry. Pinkett Smith. I'm sorry to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but what about Richard Brake? Who, which what one about Linus Roach? Oh yeah, Linus was the like hippie cult leader, right? 
Yeah, he was great. He slayed. He slayed. He whips. Yeah, Honestly, the middle scene where she's on acid and he's trying to like seduce her with his like shitty music is my, it was amazing. And I it loved it incredible. the first time too. I like that mm-hmm. whole sequence is probably my favorite sequence of the whole film. I love it. Yeah, um, it's weird. Cause like w- watching the movie, I was like, I don't like this. I'm not having a good time, but it's like, but then I was like, Oh, but I like this last scene. Oh, but I like this, this last scene before that. And like, I like this scene and I like the scene going into it, but then I don't know what it was or it's like, it, it was like, the journey in between scenes was so like unbearable to me, but once it like once like shit started to happen, I was like, okay, I'm in, and then it would like deflate itself again, and then once <laughs> once the balloon got inflated again, I was like, eh, like a fucking baby, mm-hmm. I'm like this is cool, hell yeah, he just fucking put the crossbow through his face, and then he would like it would stop, and as soon as the action stopped, like the movie stopped for me. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? The, the movie has What's, weird pacing. It really it really weird does. Pacing. Yeah. Um, but it's like on purpose, so I yes. guess I respect it because it's not like. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. Like you could tell he knows what he's doing. So right. it's like yeah, he definitely like took some classes. He went to UCLA. Yeah, he like went to film school for sure. <laughs> between <laughs> Beyond the Black Rainbow, well, because like uh, I guess I'll like I'll I'll say it now. Whatever the thing of Beyond the Black Rainbow. Um, so his dad directed Tombstone. He was like a director. He, like, oh fuck yeah. Yeah, that movie so, rules. Yeah, yeah Tombstone whips. <laughs> so the like DVD residuals from Tombstone are what funded Beyond the Black Rainbow. That's my favorite um, thing you've ever said. That's like my favorite truly, like, piece of information uh, <laughs> that's come out of your mouth. It's beautiful. I love it, and it's like yeah, you can definitely tell this movie was Beyond Black Rainbow. At least was like made by someone who like just. I mean, he made like a vibe movie before like vibe movies were kind of like came back. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. But he was I, just bad at it. He just made a bad one. Yeah. I uh, with Beyond the Black Rainbow. Mandy's movie, I, I think I gave it two and a half stars in Letterboxd, but it's like, I think it was like one of those things where it's like, I the two and a half stars were for one half of the movie, which were five stars, and then the other two and a half stars are for the zero stars for like the boring parts of the movie. I would like it like a, a 45 minute edit of this movie. I mean, I'm sure there's like a pretty bomb ass like fan edit that somebody's made. Oh, there has to be. Oh, yeah. Where they just like really trimmed it down. Yeah. yeah, I think the reason for me that the movie doesn't work is, I mean, aesthetically, like hell yeah, like hell, hell yeah, yeah. It fuck looks so yeah, cool. it it's rules. So I think my good. issue with it is that the establishment of the characters lasts so long, and I think that the dialogue's so poor in it that it's like I get what the director's doing. It's like we're supposed to like fall in love with them as a couple, so we really feel it when she gets fucking brutally killed and he gets revenge but it's like all their scenes together are just so like weirdly written like that whole part about like the starling and i was just like girl like i like i can't (laughs) i just can't do this and like her like reading and like they're just vibing (laughs) it's just like okay this does not need to last 45 minutes i'm sorry i liked her I oh, I love it. When she laughed in his yeah. face, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best part of the movie. <laughs> that part is easily the best part of the entire movie. Yeah. Like, there's um, some very cool kills and stuff, but, like, that whole drug scene is fucking incredible. It's so good. It's cool. Yeah. It it reminds me, it's similar to, like, well, these are, this movie and then Pig from last year mm-hmm. are probably his, like, most acclaimed works of his sort of, like, late era cage films and I think they both kind of have like really similar plots where it's like their loved one is taken from them and now they have to go get them back but both the movies kind of subvert the the je ne sais quoi that they're both presented as taken but they're not taken they both like subvert taken Mm -hmm. uh and it's cool that he kind of has like is has 
yeah, these two really subversive, interesting movies kind of really late in his career. Well, I would argue that Mandy is kind of like, I feel like Mandy was like a reset for him in the cultural Mm -hmm. conscience because I feel like a lot of people were still for a while they're afraid to say they loved him, even though he's amazing. And the fact that he's like, does what he does and he's so unique and he's such a one of a kind actor, I feel like was still being kind of like overtaken by YouTube compilations of him overacting in like the Wicker Man, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I feel like Mandy kind of gave everyone permission in a weird way to be like, you know what? Like, we love Nicolas Cage and what he does, and he rules in this movie that's, like, perfect for him, you know? Mm Because he is perfect for this movie, and he's great in it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like since then, people are a lot more comfortable being like, we love Nicolas Cage, which I've always been a huge Nicolas Cage apologist. I love him. Like, it's Mm -hmm. like, I'd rather have an interesting actor that makes weird choices than someone boring. (laughs) So, yes, that's right. (laughs) So... I he's fucking insane yeah. in this. I love yeah. it. He's so that second act where he like as, the scene from him like being in his tidy whities and a little shirt screaming in the bathroom on. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this movie's like alive again, finally. Holy shit! And he's so good in that. Like just whenever he's just like on, it's so good, man. Oh yeah. yeah. For me, the best acting he does in the movie is when he's watching her die. Um, yes. The look on his face, you know, like. I love his, like, freak-out moments, but Nicolas Cage can also, like, emote out of his eyeballs. Like, he can do it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's amazing. Yeah. That um, The scene where she's dying, I thought was... I mean, it's hard to say it's good, but, like, the, it's a very <laughs> effective scene because they mm-hmm. don't, like... Like, on a lot of, like, stuffing the refrigerator scenes, you know, like, they'll really, like, zoom in on it and, like, over, like, you know, try to get too much out of it, but they only show, yeah. like a bag moving and then most of the time it's just people's faces and their reactions which gives you way more information it's way more affecting because you see all like the psychopaths loving it or like getting you know whatever information they want out of it and then it cuts to cage's face and you just see how just absolutely gutted he is and it's like that hits so much harder and it's not as gross Yes. Yeah, yeah, they save all the gross shit for the, for him to have, which is kind of great. Which yeah. is kind of cool. I agree with that because it is pretty satisfying. But that was another issue I had with the movie is that the pacing of the movie is like so slow for like an hour and what, 10, 20 minutes. And then all of the kills are in the last like 30, 40 minutes of the movie. And mm-hmm. it goes by so quick. It's like boom, boom, boom. It's like reading an entire like adventure novel in like 15 pages. It was <laughs> the, it's nuts. Um, and it's definitely a choice the director make, made that I don't vibe with, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I can't help but to appreciate that it was at least different. Um, yeah, it, it goes zero to 60 pretty quickly. Not pretty yeah. quickly. It goes zero pretty It just goes zero quickly. to 60. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it goes zero to 60. There's no like yeah, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. It's just like zero and then it is 60. Yes. It's yeah. an impulse yes. function. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk uh, more about Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Let's start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. So. I mean, his very first movie, Movie Club alum, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm-hmm. And he's in a bunch of you know high school movies. He's in Valley Girl. Valley Girl rips. In, Valley Girl's so fucking good. Yes. It's, yeah, if you haven't seen that, it's, it, yeah. I've it, not. It holds I'm up. Not. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, and Peggy Sue got married. But my, I'd say like his big, for at least for me, what I wasn't born, I wasn't very young. Um, but Raising Arizona. Yeah, it's, it's is, Raising Arizona and Moonstruck, 87, yeah. right? That's what a fucking cool ass year. Mm-hmm. Like, it's Raising Arizona is a perfect movie, probably my favorite Coens. Did I say that was my favorite Coens? No. I, I think didn't you say did that. on the Coens episode. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. You did. Uh, 
And it, it's a perfect film. Go back and watch it. It's incredible. And then Moonstruck is just like, he's so... Ugh, I he that's probably my favorite rom-com of all time. Share. I love Moonstruck so it's much. It's so good. So good. And he's, he's so, so hot in it. Oh, he's I know. So hot in that he's movie. so fucking hot in that movie. I just want to give him the big knife, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to go into that favorite... basement. Sorry, uh, my favorite piece of trivia about uh, Moonstruck is that he really, really, really didn't want to do the movie. Like, he was just like, oh, his, really? his publicist or his like agent was like, you have to do this movie. It's going to do well. Like, you're a fucking idiot if you don't do it. And he's like, look, I'll only do it on one condition. And he's like, what's that? I get to make Vampire's Kiss. And then <laughs> and you made what? Vampire's Kiss, baby. And I've not seen this movie. Is that the beginning of, like, is that the, the, the sowing of the seed of, like, Nicolas Cage is insane? Yes. I think like, so. Everything else that's seen this is, like, relatively normal. And yes. then Vampire's Kiss is such a fucking wacky-ass movie. Yes. You've never seen Vampire's Kiss, Kirk? No, I have not. Oh, I'm looking at the wiki, it's though, and I'm like, this looks like something I would like. Um, yes. It's so fucking Oh, my good. God. It's ESG so make a cameo appearance? Oh, now I have to watch it. Yeah, they do. It's yeah. so good. You will have cool. an absolute blast. It's a, such Adding a fun movie. Adding it to my watch list. Yes. Um, then going through his nineties, he starts with Wild at Heart, which one of my one of favorite Lynch's. What a beautiful! I, I think that movie. Lynch, more than any other director, probably out of all the films that he's been in, I think really captures Nick Cage's like manic energy mm-hmm. the best. Like it just he finds yeah. a way to match it really well. And mm-hmm. who would have ever thought that Laura Dern would be like the perfect person like to be next to him for that? Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's so cool. It's crazy because it's like he's probably like the. Th- Third least, the third most insane thing in that movie because oh, like yeah. Willem Dafoe is psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then and then Laura Dern's mother, mother Diane Ladd is also Diane that's, Ladd. Mm-hmm. that's literally my picture on Discord. Yes, is it is. Diane <laughs> Ladd. It is. Can confirm. It's incredible. Um, and then he's in a bunch of movies. I've never seen a lot of these yeah, movies. A lot like of these I've never kind of, heard of. There's and some then good ones tell us tell us about these. Brian. Yeah, what's like, a good is one? This, was, the, were these all like kind of like. Smaller movies or? Um, they're kind of all over the place, but yeah, they were smaller budget. Red Rock West is actually pretty fun. Um, okay. Amos Andrew is a fucking trip. It's him and Samuel L. Jackson in like a black white race comedy. It's mm-hmm. weird. Uh, it's okay. not aged well, but it's, it's a fun, weird trip to go down. Interesting. Uh, Trapped in Paradise is pretty fun. Um, it's like. Uh, no, I've been thinking Honeymoon in Vegas. Honeymoon in Vegas is pretty fun. Uh, it's like um, kind of a rom-com. He ends up like gambling his wife to someone like on their honeymoon. <laughs> That's <laughs> such a 90s plot line. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It was pretty fun. He, get to, he gets to skydive in an Elvis costume, which is like so cage. Um, <sighs> he had yeah. a very Elvis early 90s. I love that. Yes. Yeah, he had a – so he really didn't become like an action person, I guess, until like The Rock maybe? Is that yeah. like – yeah. That's so, so interesting. He wins to me. his Oscar in '95, and then immediately pivots to action. Wait, he won yes. for Lo- leading Las Vegas? Yeah, yes, maybe he had he the did. best actor Oscar. Mm-hmm. I mean, he deserved it, but for some reason, like I just did not realize that he won for that. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, in some of these smaller movies, he did do some action, and so I think someone because he had he was coming off of the um, Oscar, you know, fame, they probably were just like, hey, he's a bankable star now, and just started throwing mm. him in. Michael right, because you see stuff. The Rock, Connor, and Face Off are all back to back. Yep. Mm-hmm. What a trifecta of perfect action movies! Incredible, incredible. Connor is my favorite of those. 
I know then, Face Off. Face Off is so much fun. I love Con Air, and I yeah, love that song. I'm not going to be mad at anyone who picks either of like any of them. I think Face mm-hmm. Off is my favorite because it's absolutely unhinged. It's an yeah. insane movie. <laughs> I just think it's kind of yes. fun that Nicolas Cage really did just win his Oscar and go, okay, I really, truly can just do whatever I want from here on yeah. out. And he never stopped. And he never stopped. Then, look at this. It's the most insane filmography ever. Yeah. It's so City of Angels. I mean, that's a movie that we love for the soundtrack. Uninvited <laughs> by Alanis Morissette, bitch. Yes. It's incredible. Uh, and then he, you know, he works with Scorsese finally and bringing out the dead. He worked with our girl. Where is it? What's this? Then, did he do a movie with a uh, fucking eight millimeter? There we go. Joel Schumacher, baby. Mm-hmm. He also uh, did De Palma. The day well. Camp died, yes. baby, when Joel Schumacher died. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what a legend. His, wait, which De Palma movie did he, he do? He did Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. There we go. I've been meaning to watch that. I want to watch the yeah. Snake Eyes. I, out of our cage group, I was the only one that was like, y'all. Snake Eyes. Everybody else I mean, was like, no. And I was like, y'all are wrong. You're on the wrong side of history on this one. This one's That's the thing fun. with De Palma is that, like, De Palma never misses. <laughs> like, Except for the uh, Black Dahlia murder. That movie sucks. Because y'all were talking about in the episode how he does such a good job of making, you know, public spaces seem so have so much tension. And mm-hmm. the intro to that movie is, like, a 15-minute continuous shot of Cage mm. just going through like a uh, sports arena before a boxing match, like talking to all these people, placing bets and doing all this stuff. It's such a good fucking scene. You, Brian, and Brian De Palma. Brian. (laughs) Yes. So true. I like love the way Brian De Palma makes spaces come alive in his movies. Like just the the electricity, the people, there's just something he can do. Mm -hmm. It's like Robert Altman on like steroids. It's amazing. Um, Cool. Yeah, and then and then I yeah. think that like well, adaptation probably my oh. favorite performance of his. Yes. Yes. Um, same, same, yep. same. Amazing. It's so interesting. I mean, I guess it makes sense that the movie's not talked about as much as like being John Malkovich because I feel like adaptation's so specific, especially to the mm-hmm. time that it came out. But God, what a fucking great movie adaptation! So is. good. And what a great it still aged well. It's still a it's good, so fucking good, good movie. It's Why don't people talk about this movie ever? I don't it's know. So good. It's so wild. I honestly Brian think Cox's it's one scene in that movie is so Oh, it's so good. Funny. Yes. It's so and fucking good. This funny. is my hot take. My favorite Meryl Streep performance is in this movie. I okay, adore yeah. her in this movie. She is Helps. when she's she screams, You fat fuck to Nick Cage <laughs> after Chris Cooper gets eaten by an alligator. That's cinema, baby. <laughs> Obsessed. Alright, baby. So where do you think the turn happens for Oh, the Wicker Nick Cage? The Wicker, Wicker Man, Man, I think. I feel like right? Na- National Treasure kind of like set the where it's like yeah, there's like two kind of like moments. There's Vampire's Kiss, I guess Vampire's Kiss, then his action run in the late '90s of like ooh Nicholas Cage kind of does crazy shit, and then National Treasure is like a huh, and then fucking Wicker Man. I think it's it, the Wicker uh, Man for sure. Because I remember guys in high school like standing Lord of War and like some of these other films in here, Matchstick mm-hmm. Men. Lord um, of I don't think people turned on him until the Wicker Man Ghost Rider back to back, I think mm-hmm. is what did it. Yeah. Bangkok Dangerous, Knowing, mm-hmm. Next. The next, next fucking yeah. Next is really next fun. Is so next is so fucking so fun. Next, I don't think. Next whips. You know what? I think Next is one of those movies. So I'm a, I'm a Julian Morgay and I watched. Yeah. All of her movies growing up, and I'm pretty sure I watched this and just don't remember it because uh, she's in it. Um, it's great. 
Yeah. And then it's just like, yeah. Well, I love Bad Lieutenant Protocol New Orleans. What Me? a great, what a great so movie. Good. What a great yes. movie. Werner Herzog. I mean, the, there's some deranged scenes in this movie that I will never forget ever in my entire so life. Iguana it's, stuff in this movie. The iguana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, it's the crackhead rape scene. I will never yep. forget that <laughs> yeah. for the rest of my life, ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> truly the most insane thing I've ever seen in a movie. Like, yeah, yeah, I love, I think that might be my favorite, like, unhinged performance of his yeah. is, in, is in this one for me. I loved him in this movie. Yeah, that's yeah, a, another can... another director that absolutely knew how to wield cage. Oh yeah. yeah, totally. It's people who are just as insane as him. That's mm-hmm. the only way you had to like match his insanity. Because like David Lynch is like, I mean, we all like to think that he's like, he, I mean, he is like this like, incredible like crafts of dreams, whatever. But he's also like a fucking crazy person, uh, and he's just as crazy, but a different kind of crazy as Nick Cage. De Palma, same thing. One of our trashiest directors, but he's also like. Crazy the Fox, and then of course Warner Herzog would know how to work with them. Mm-hmm. Totally, but it's funny because yes. you know he, he was in Kick Ass, and you know people loved him in that. It's so interesting mm-hmm. how people I feel like go back and forth on him, like the public. But I think since then he's really it's... like laid low. All of these, other than like Joe, yeah. I remember this... there was like a little thing about Joe being mm-hmm. like, oh, actually Joe is good, but then it's like, mm, it's is fine. it? Is Joe good? Was but okay. I think the, I think it's not it's not even like critics that talk shit about Nick Cage. It's like truly the public. It's so funny. I feel like the public either loves to make fun of him or they're obsessed with him. Like it's like yep. So I feel like the relationship he has as a celebrity with everyone is so interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone else has what he has in that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, working nonstop the last ten years. I mean, like six movies a year. <laughs> yeah, so fascinating. Um, but like most of these, I have not even really heard of. Um, for good reason. A lot of them are <laughs> not very good. A few of them are pretty fun. Mom and Dad is pretty mm-hmm. fun. I don't know if you've seen that one. I remember when that came out, and I yeah. um, and I I love Selma Blair, and I feel like we did her dirty. Um, yeah. Yep. And uh, I've been. She's great in the movie as well. It's a really fun. It's also a tight ninety. I love a short movie. Well, you know, you know, we love it on this podcast. Uh, But yeah, with, I mean, he did Mandy and Spider Man into the Spider Verse in this year, and I think those are both kind of like, oh yeah, remember Nick Cage? Nick Cage, he was Mm -hmm. good. And And then last year, perfect movie, so good for him. Uh, Color Out of Space, I never saw, uh, but this is like another kind of like psychedelia. Film and then he's really pig was like people fucking lost their mind when pig came out and for a right reason he's so good in it yes it I I mean you told me to to shut up but I won't he should have gotten a nom he was so good in that fucking movie <laughs> I mean I'm with you I mean I haven't seen I haven't seen pig but based on what was nominated this year I mean I think they could have made room look they would have never nominated it ever um but he was very good in it very, i mean very, very that the scene in the restaurant where he's like talking to his old incredible chef, ugh, what an amazing in, scene fucking incredible the scene where they go to the weird like the like homeless fight mm-hmm. under the bridge thing incredible yeah like he's he's so good in it and it's like it's so it's a movie that's very easy to make fun of on its face it's like nicholas cage loses his pig but it's like so tender Mm-hmm. And so like thoughtful and so like subtle. It's beautiful. It's a it's a beautiful movie. Yeah, it's like a parable almost. Like yeah, when I, it's like when you start trying to pick it apart and you're talking about like the underground fight scene, you're like that's insane. 
but like yeah. you kind of have to just like let it wash over you and when you're just like looking at the themes and how people are reacting mm-hmm. and everything it's just it's a poem yeah it's a it's a it's a beautiful movie it should have it should have gotten a wider release than it did yeah uh but damn it's great Nicolas Cage, where do you think he's going to go from here? I mean, I've seen those pictures of him, like, on the set of the vampire movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which so I'm like, hell yeah, baby, he's back. He's back. He's giving us what we want. Um, I think he's going to keep doing what he's doing. And honestly, yeah. like, if he never gets nominated again, like, that just keeps proving that the Academy's full of idiots. And, mm-hmm. and I don't think he gives a shit, so no. we shouldn't give a shit. He's no. one of the great actors of our time. Everyone knows it. Everyone's yeah, accepted, it, I think, at this point. And if anyone yeah. makes fun of him, then I'll punch them in the face. Yeah. And I think he's just going to be one of those actors that every two to three years is going to have a movie that everyone's like, oh, yeah. And then yeah. it'll just kind of go away again and it'll just make a whole bunch of stuff. And there'll be, an, there'll be a director that just has the right project for him and they'll pull him into it and he'll fucking crush it. And he'll do that until he dies. Yeah. Yep. Who do you want to see him do a movie with? Like a, like a modern Ooh. girly. A modern girly. Um, yeah. Ooh, I think Ari Aster would be a very interting director for Nick Cage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think ooh. he would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be psycho. <laughs> yes. Give it to me. I'm, it's crazy he's not in the Northmen. I feel like Robert Eggers would have figured some way to put him in there. I feel I like, know, I feel like would... Robert Eggers is like a little like. This, he's like too classy this, it's a little well i mean the lighthouse wasn't subtle i guess it's pretty out there but <laughs> yeah, yeah i just feel like there's a not that nick cage is not intellectual enough to be in a robert eggers movie and you already know how i feel about robert eggers like i'm not mm. like as like goo goo over him as everyone else but yeah i feel like robert eggers needs something very specific and i feel like you gotta let nick cage like do nick cage you know what i mean yeah You've got to, like, let him – you've got to, like, I think make the world work around him a little bit. Like, I think that some of his best roles are – it's either one or the other. You either need to, let like, know how to, like, wield him like or, like, let him run wild and sort of build the thing around him. Or you have to tell him no. You have to give bounds. Because, like, uh, when he was on set for uh, Raising Arizona, the Coens were constantly, like, stop ad-libbing. Stop it. We have the script. (laughs) Just read the script. Do it. We know what we want. Just do that. Like they did that. Yeah, because the Coens will write in. They'll like write in us and ahs and shit. Mm-hmm. Like they're like deranged. They're specific. Scripts. Well, yeah, adaptation. Yeah. I've read famously. Spike Jones completely directed his performance, and Nick Cage really just let him like guide him through that yeah. one, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a different performance. I think that's why it sticks out to me as one of his best because it really like is so different than anything he ever had done, and yeah. still has done since then. Yeah, um, I mean, if you ever hear him true. talk talk about his roles, like he'll if they don't give him direction, he's gonna come with the most insane, elaborate backstory. And if you don't tell him no, he's just gonna keep upping the ante. Like my oh, yeah. favorite thing that he did, like one of those stories, is like he was in a like a two minute cameo or not like a minute cameo at most for this like straight to DVD movie. And all he's supposed to do is roll up in a red sports car and say, hey, do you need a ride? And they say no. And then he leaves. That's like literally all he's supposed to do. And so he comes up with this story where he's a kid who has a weird nose growing up and he always got bullied and he finally gets a red sports car. And that's where he gets his like confidence from. 
So he goes and like this is like his car is his his personality. So he comes up to where they are and he's like, "Hey, does anybody need a ride?" And he has this, like, this insane nose on. He made up all of that. None of that was from them. Like that's the kind of shit that happens King. when you don't tell Nick Cage, "This is what I want." Beautiful. That's, that's so that's so funny to me because I feel like the. I used to be so back and forth on Cage for a while because I was kind of like letting the world dictate how I felt about him, which was dumb. Um, Mm -hmm. But the article that really changed that for me was this article where he called himself Vaudevillian as an actor. And then Mm -hmm. it just clicked in my head. And I was like, no, he's fucking brilliant. And people just don't get him. Like, it's just like he, I think, comes from such a like, the centuries old of like what acting is supposed to be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He like brings that to what he does. It's like, it's just about inhabiting something and being a character and making bold decisions and shocking people. And I think that I love him so much for that. Um, Cause fuck Stanislavski. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, we should back to man. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. We should okay, kind of get back into Mandy. I think yeah. it's, this movie kind of came out at an interesting time because it came out in 2018 and this is kind of peak elevated horror. Truly. And do you, would you consider this a part of the modern elevated horror canon or is it a different thing? No, I I do. I would consider it part of two different camps. I consider it part Mm -hmm. of the elevated horror camp. I feel like it gets grouped into other like A24 horror films and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I would also consider it like a psychedelic um, revival film because I feel like we're also getting a a lot of those too. Yeah. yeah, we're getting a lot of psychedelic revival movies, I feel like. In the, and I feel like those things kind of coexist. Like, I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of things that we would consider elevated horror these days kind of falls into this, like, psychedelic thing that's going on, too, right now. Yeah, so Mar. Ms. Yeah, exactly. And Ms. Mar is both. <laughs> um, and uh, just things that are very colorful and out there and much more indebted to, like, Argento or, like, Jodorowsky mm-hmm. um, than maybe horror films were, like, in the 2000s, which was all just J-horror ripoff. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that for that because it, it it is this movie is really he he may not know how to make a good movie, but he knows how to make a good looking movie. Am I right? Oh, oh, there's no denying that. <laughs> oh yeah, baby, the this flares, the reflections, mama, the lighting, the lighting, oh, mama, the bisexual lighting. There's there's delays. What is that called? Where it's like you move your face, but your face is still kind of there for a second. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that, a delay. Right? That thing. <laughs> that thing. <laughs> Uh, where she's laughing and then like her face is moving. Yeah, the laugh, you know, the know. laugh. We're we're professional. I hope that if I ever about. got kidnapped by psycho hippies that were gonna sexually assault me so I could join their cult while I was on acid, that I would also just laugh in their face because that yeah. was badass as shit. It was so fucking cool. It was it so was. cool. It's so good. Uh, if more, the movie had more moments, I think that made me feel something like that scene did. I probably would have loved it because I really do love that part. It's so mm-hmm. good. Um, so good. But and that when song's we're, so funny too. Like, oh, it's of, so funny. <laughs> I don't think I really like listened to it the first time. But they released yeah. like a little mini album, actually. Like, oh, um, they did. Like that guy went back and they made like a little like that album, and so you can actually listen to the whole thing. It's great. I think one of the oh, things yeah. I appreciate about the cult in this movie is I feel like in real life cults are so much more. Um, obviously uh, really subtle in their brainwashing. And I feel like in this movie, he just 
pumps you full of acid and is like, I get everything I want when I want it. Because God <laughs> yeah. told me to. And I was like, wow, he really just went straight for it. Like, you know, no, like Honestly, slow that brainwashing. that would be awesome if we started a call. We'd just be like, mine, I want it. So I get it. <laughs> I want it. Give it to me now. So I think he was um, camp. He was camping that way for me because it was just so like on the nose. I found that very I love his weird little dick. And his weird little love dick. It. it was great. We love seeing average dicks, though, in movies. We've discussed this yes. before. It's powerful. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's, it's powerful. It doesn't happen enough. Everyone yeah, has no. to have like a porn dick. And it's like not yeah. everyone yeah, has I a mean, porn dick. I don't. It is incredible on Red Rocket. <laughs> His dick is so good in Red Rocket. Is it huge or is it small? It's unbelievably huge. It's, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a prosthetic. Well, he's a porn like, star though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. so good. It was so funny. Uh, friend of the pod, everyone friend, uh, Emma Holder texted me and was like, I'm watching Red Rocket. Is Texas City supposed to be Beaumont? And I like text back. I was like, No, that's a real place. <laughs> I was like, No, it's real. Like, it's that's like a real town they live in. Yeah, uh, Texas City exists. Yeah. Texas City, baby, outside of Galveston. Um, why do straight people love this movie? I mean, the it's the reason we're doing it. The Nicholas for the Cage. Season. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas, Nicholas Cage. Straight people love Nicholas, Nicholas Cage. Cage. Co-op by the by the straights. And we're all straight. And, and this we're podcast straight. is called Straight People Movies because we're straight people that review movies. That's yep. the thing. Mm-hmm. Each one of yes. us, every single yeah. one of us, straight. Um, yeah, I think it's one of these things where it's like Nicolas Cage has kind of been. He, I mean, he has been completely memefied, and it's one of the. It's like if you're in, if you're in on it, and you get it, then you're like you realize like, oh, this is he's not. Yeah, it's kind of right that he's being memefied, but also like there still is good shit there. I feel like the people, the, the straights who, they just think he's a joke. It's just the bees. It's so interesting. I feel like it's just people... national. Tra- it's just, I'm going to steal the national anthem. What is it called? The national Declaration of Independence. Declaration. The, yes, Mama. <laughs> the Declaration of Independence. Um, no, I feel like he's going to steal the national anthem. Let's go steal the national anthem. So I think what's interesting about Nick Cage. As I feel like when you talk to straight men, they're maybe not as like cinephile <laughs> is the best way to put it about him is I feel like they're either very unaware that he's a joke to a lot of people or they're very unaware that people revere him. Like it's like one or the other, like mm-hmm. they don't seem to like, know. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that there's so much layering to the way we all perceive Nick Cage and the way he's, you know, consumed by all of movie lovers and at all. And I think that they're either like, we love con air or face off like kinds of people. Or they're very like, mm-hmm. I love that video of him being bad in the wicker man. It's like one or the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Nick cage people. There and the thing is he's really of... bad in the wicker man. Yeah. Huh? He's not good. He's not good in the wicker man. <laughs> well, no. And I think that's why he that's the, I mean, yeah, he was a meme he's... before memes existed. Like, yeah. The YouTube, six, baby. Yeah. There's no, there was videos. I think even before YouTube of like him, like compilations of like him in the wicker man and people would just like mm-hmm. make fun of him in it. Yeah, uh, it's usually comp- like it has. It's like fifty percent Wicker Man, fifty percent Vampire's Kiss, and then like yeah. sprinklings of a few yeah. other things. A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P Q R S T U V W X Y Z. Yep, yep. Familiar. Wait, so that's from Vampire's Kiss? Yeah, I'm gonna watch that tonight. It's incredible. And then the Wicker Man. It's the bees, not the bees. It's him in the bear costume. Goddamn honey. Yes. When oh God, my eyes! Sobieski, huh? He punches Lily Sobieski, right? Or does he punch? As he should. No, he we love her. Punches every woman in that. Movie. He punches every. If there's a woman, he punches Francis Conroy. Island, he, <laughs> he punches Francis Conroy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, 
some brief aside, if you've never seen the original Wicker Man, it, stop listening. Go put it. It's it so whips cool. ass. It's so it's good. So good. I the have first not Wicker actually Man's seen so it. It's it great. Unreal. It's so good. It's so deranged. I love it. Yeah. Um, uh, well, speaking of the next thing, like psychedelia, that movie is very psychedelic. This, I think, psychedelia is straight. It's psychedelia is straight. Even though I know a lot of gay people that really appreciate and love psychedelia in film, mm-hmm. but I do think it's a straight thing for sure. Yeah, I think it's. I think specifically, like, it bleeds from music. I think like psych rock is very straight. Oh, absolutely. And well, then those aesthetics kind of bleed out into film and stuff like that. But like psych, if. I don't know. I'm sorry if you do, Brian, if you do, Kirk, but if it's like, if, if he likes King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, I'm sorry, Mama, but he's, he's straight. No, I completely agree with you. Yeah. I completely agree like, with you. I, I think it's really interesting. I was just thinking this. Like, has a gay or queer person ever made a psychedelic film? Uh... Exactly. Like, there's gay movies that are kind of psychedelic. I mean, That's our calling, baby. We're going to get into one of them in a little bit, but... Yeah. Like a gay, like, I don't feel like queer people are very interested in, well, I guess like knife and heart. Did you ever yeah. see knife and heart? I have not lost the score. That was, but that was more surreal. I feel like surreal is gay and psychedelia straight. Does there that sound right? Yeah. I would say I feel like that's a fair to like gay psychedelia is like manic dance floor stuff. You know, like if no. you're getting to, uh, what's the crazy, uh, dance movie that came out a couple years ago. Climax. Oh, climax. Yeah, climax. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. that's like psych adjacent, you know, and like yeah. the, uh, you know. I thought you were talking about like like Twitter compilations that like Brazilian stand accounts <laughs> make. <laughs> I thought that I was like, that's gay psychedelia. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just meant like that uh kind of like rather than it being a, associated to psych rock, you're coming off of like like hyper dance pop kind mm-hmm. of Yeah. Like, but like that kind of like mind bending. Well, the same thing. Like uh, it's the same kind of scene in Black Swan, mm-hmm. where it's like it's yeah, it's the it's the endorphins of the dance floor. Right. Yeah. Where is that movie though? Because I feel like Climax might be the closest we've gotten to a gay psychedelic film, but it's not fully gay. Right. Not fully gay. Not fully gay. Mm-hmm. We're like maybe we need to make it. Let's make it. We should I'm make a gay psych- psychedelic film. Because I feel like we yeah, can shoot in Joshua Tree. Well, like, Hedwig and the Angry Inch could be, like, I feel like is slightly psychedelic. Like, especially the animated sequences. Yeah. yeah. But, but that on that feels more actually to our third point, which is, like, heavy metal imagery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, of, yeah. like, rock and metal imagery. I feel like there's, like, a recent thing of, like, of, like, queer, like, we're going to take metal imagery and mm-hmm. make it gay. Totally. But, like, it's a thing that I kind of feel about a lot of, like things now like probably kind of like pop punk things where it's like people kind of it's it's aesthetic first and music second right where people and um the people who are like in the heavy metal scenes whatever they're they're like in that scene baby like that's their life oh yeah where it's like yeah you're kind of just taking the aesthetic kind of this and that and it's like not as like doesn't feel the same. Um, well, yeah, yeah and, and, Man- and Mandy has a lot of heavy metal imagery, and you can tell that the filmmaker is into heavy metal. Like, I can yes. tell, even as someone that doesn't listen to heavy metal but has friends that like metal, like, I'm, like, mm-hmm. a lot of, like, just, like, her wearing, like, a Black Sabbath shirt and reading, like, super hardcore fantasy novels and, like, mm-hmm. just a lot of, like, the vibe of the movie, it, especially the fact that, like, 
the black metal listening to people are the heroes and then a bunch of hippies that like love God or the yeah, villains um, yeah. is very metal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that is why a lot of people really responded to this movie because I can't really think of a lot of movies that really take metal vibes and really go for it in a movie. I feel like more TV shows, like, like there's that animated TV show, Metalocalypse, I oh, guess. Metalocalypse. Oh, but, really good show. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of movies don't really like aren't very metal. Like they're not, there's not a lot of them. No. Yeah, I mean, I guess like kind of wild at heart, kind of. There, I mean, there's metal scenes. Um, but yeah, like the metal is. That's I mean, a rockabilly like film to me. That. Yeah, it's more rockabilly. Yeah, wild at um, heart is a rockabilly vibe. Um, that's a, yeah. Uh, with metal parts, for sure. There's a metal part, but then, then that even turns into rockabilly. You can really look at Lynch's Elvis. films as different genres of music because it's like Wild Heart is with rockabilly, then Lost Highway is industrial music. Mm-hmm. Mulholland Drive is... And uh, Twin Peaks is spooky synthy music. And then Mulholland Drive is just jazz. <laughs> it's jazz. And it's... Well, it's jazz and uh, what's his name who does crying? Uh, Roy Orbison. Oh, yeah. But Roy is just a thread in all of his work, isn't he? He loves Roy. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Roy Arbison, even though I know he's uh, he was straight, is there anything gay about this movie? Uh, <laughs> I put nepotism. I yeah. Nepotism is gay. I feel like nepotism's really gay. Yeah, because it's like, we're not good enough to do this on our own. We had to, like, our parents had to do this for us. Yeah, that is really Because <laughs> Nick Cage... Of course, is a Coppola, and then Panos Cosmatos's dad directed Tombstone. Although I will say that he landed Valley Girl without the Coppola name. Oh hell yeah, mm. good for him. He uh, speci- he specifically chose Cage because he didn't want to ride the coattails of that, and mm-hmm. he his like headshot was just on the top of the stack as the director walked by, and she was like, "Huh, he looks kind of cool. Let's bring him in." And then oh, he yeah. did his audition, and then. He like he, they ended up hiring him, and then they found out he was a Coppola. Look at that! So, and the rest is her story. It's just like what is happened with Maude Apatow and Euphoria. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Nicolas Cage the monobrow kind of cute. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll say tidy, tidy whitey tidy. showing up in a movie. Yeah, say, like maybe that's not gay, but I'm just I'm appreciating it. I'm no, me too. It. I think oh, that no. like the the tiger shirt, tidy whitey sock combo mm-hmm. gave gay. It does it all. Bit. Yeah, yeah. I uh, will always appreciate a movie that has uh, briefs in it that's not a joke. You know, because oh, yeah. I feel like briefs are underappreciated. They're oh, superior, a superior underwear. Mm-hmm. Everybody right, uses right it as like a punchline, and it needs to stop. We need to like mm-hmm. have brief erasure. Stop that. No, yes. I, I think straight men hate briefs for the same reason they don't wash their buttholes because they're homophobic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're. And they think, bri- they think briefs. They think stuff. briefs are emasculating because it, it brings their stuff in. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Your stuff needs to be in. Okay. It needs to be in. You need your it. shit hanging out everywhere, sticking to the sides of your legs and shit. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Especially in Texas. Grow up. It's, no, ma'am. Oops. We say that. I do want to bring back, however, uh, white boxers with hearts over them. Mm. And then, like, my pants get pulled down, and I'm like, oh, no. And I have little, like, yeah, white boxers with hearts all over them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> in a like... fucking Looney Tune. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. And you have a little it. tail coming out of it. Little, oh, yes. I remember there was an episode of What Not to Wear where it was, like, a woman in Austin, and she had, like, a, um, like a foxtail that she wore everywhere. And they're like, take that fucking off now. That, Honestly, what a queen. Off. Like, let her Iconic. wear her fucking foxtail. I love it. Let her live they her fucking it. fantasy. Okay. 
I'll yiff her. Um, <laughs> I think it's gay that Andrea Riseborough looks like Waxahachie in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She does look like Waxahachie. Yeah, I did not think about yeah. that at all. But you, <laughs> holy right shit, Dylan, you're so right. She's like a heavy metal Waxahachie. Yeah, she's what? What's the other one? What's the other sister? There's Katie and... Uh, the other one? No one cares about Yeah, there's her. twins. They're... She's in Swearing. Oh, I mean... Is it 2015 again? I don't know. I know. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, swearing. Her name is... Allison. Yes, it's Allison. That's Allison Crutchfield. That's Allison. That's not Andrea <laughs> Riseborough. Yeah, Andrea Riseborough is her stage name. Um, full frontal man nudity, always gay. Always gay. Because and... it's like so close we can suck it. What's your favorite full frontal in a movie? Ooh. I mean, <laughs> Young Adam, Ewan McGregor. <laughs> I downloaded a copy of it when I was in high school. Young Adam? I've never even heard of this Young film. Young Adam. His dick is real big and it's real too. Oh, it's really? Yeah. Damn. Um, and like, I think it's funny in Sideways. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it's really—it's really so good in sideways. Yeah, uh, I guess there's different categories. It's like which one was the yeah. hottest, which one was the funniest, which one was the most like, huh? Representation. Yeah, we did yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to have a whole like string of podcasts talking about different <laughs> uses. That of would be fun. such a fucking good podcast. I would <laughs> love that. That's nudity. like our theme is like we just keep watching movies with full frontal male nudity. Yeah, uh, I mean it would uh, only last. Brian, you're part of the last episode of Straight People Movies. <laughs> We're rebranding. <laughs> I love that we would be yeah. ending our podcast on Mandy like Mandy broke us. Right. And now we have to do a podcast <laughs> yeah. on Full Frontal Mail today. I know that we talked about Mandy for a grand total of eight minutes. But honestly, that's I mean, very what was there to talk feel. about? Yeah. Nick Cage is much more I mean, that's how much movie is in the movie, Mandy. Oh, uh, you guys are so mean. This movie is better <laughs> than you're giving it credit for. It like, is. I will change my score. Uh, no, I'm going to give it a no. two, I think. That's okay. No. I mean, I'm not mad at you, but I just disagree. I think you're just disappointed. I'm disappointed. <laughs> if there's one thing that we can all agree on, though, is that the Cheddar Goblin is a faggot. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things that are very good at throwing up, Cheddar yes. Goblin. Yes. Oh, yeah. The thing is, all the times he was thrown up is because he was at a party and he needed, uh, he needed to keep going. Mm-hmm. So he just yeah, to the only thing room. all gay men have in common is that we've all thrown up mac and cheese on a child. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Cheddar Goblin. He he rules. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, that was like part, a good bit. It's I would, it comes out of yeah. fucking nowhere. It's so stupid. I, I love would watch it. an entire movie on the Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> I think it's the same person who did uh, um, Too Many Cooks. Oh hell yeah! Because it was just like they they just did it like I think in like a day. It was real quick. Like, but they <laughs> they had to film for like hours. So those kids got like thrown up on for hours on the mac and cheese (laughs) those poor children also i would if anyone wants to throw uh, mac and cheese on the mac and cheese is my box mac and cheese is one of my all-time favorite foods um and i will allow it so if anyone wants to do lady gaga throw up artist on me but with mac and cheese i'm here okay let's do it so brian um uh i know we live in the same part of austin so i'll just skip my way down there Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Go to the store, get some crap. <laughs> we could do a, a a bit for like that Wednesday night show at Fallout. Mm-hmm. 
and I can just throw up <laughs> mac and cheese all over you on stage. And I'm just hard the whole time. <laughs> Everyone's like, please leave. Please never come back to this theater again. Uh, Sounds like an ARCA show. I love it. I mean, I already fucked a pizza on that stage once, so let's yeah, keep it did. going. It was incredible. Keep food shit going, baby. Speaking of uh, fucking pizzas on stage, it's time to go to my favorite section and your favorite section of this week's podcast. That's right. It's a gay recommendation. That's We're going to recommend a movie that's a little gayer than the one we just watched. And there's only one obvious answer to me, at least. Yeah. Suspiria, 2018. Yeah. There what you go. What a perfect go. movie. Mm-hmm. Perfect film. Also weirdly paced, also way too long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, there's like a good hour could be cut out of this movie. Uh, but <laughs> Yeah, there's um, has, at least, you know, Mandy didn't have a lot of stray dangling subplots. Suspiria yeah, is so there's true. so many things yeah. you're like, why are we doing this? Like, and that's how you know that a gay man here? that's how you know a gay man directed this movie because he's just like, let's just have like a very like Ingmar Bergman S nineteen sixties scene with a woman peeling potatoes just for shits and giggles. <laughs> Yeah, why not? <laughs> Chloe Grace Moretz, whatever. You're, you're here. Just I will say that the, the scene that face. she's in is the most insanely edited scene I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Luca, he he knows what he's doing, and I love him for that. Yeah. And I adore him. Yes. We love him yes. and his twink boyfriend. Ugh, so jealous. Remember whenever he wore that picture of Timothy Chalamet to the Oscars? It was incredible. What a king. It was iconic. Mm-hmm. I love him. But yeah, I feel like this movie and the original are like, you know, just watch those. Yeah. Watch them. Watch them. Something a little gayer. What's like the gayest Nick Cage movie? Ooh. Now that's a question. Um, Moon, that, Moonstruck. Yeah. Moonstruck's definitely in there. Cause I mean, it's basically an operetta like mm-hmm. as a movie. Um, With Cher. Mm-hmm. Is city of angels the gayest just because it's got goo goo dolls and a last more soundtrack. <laughs> But I mean, the whole it, thing is him having sex with a woman is like yes. the entire movie. Yeah, but he's an angel and she's not. I just don't feel like he doesn't. You know, we love him, but you know, one of the things I think we love about him is that he doesn't. He doesn't. He's not trying to appeal to the gays. You know what I mean? No. He's not gay baiting. No. Okay, no, he's not. And that's it's you know. weird too because he is so melodramatic. Like his roles mm-hmm. are so camp and they're so big, and somehow it's not gay. Yep, yeah. he's the king of straight camp, like literally. Yeah. I will say yeah. Zandali is a movie that came out in 91. That movie is kind of homoerotic. Ooh. Ooh. But Ooh, like Judge, Judge Reinhold, Reinhold the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with okay. Judge? Yeah. Judge Reinhold's at the end. Oh, he's hot. Oh, I would fuck Judge Reinhold oh, for sure. 100%. Yeah. At the end of the movie, they do this whole, like, they're real pissed at each other and about to kill each other. And they do this, like, weird, like, dance thing, like, where they, like, hook hands and feet and stuff. It's all, like, very Cajun and weird. And, <laughs> Hell yeah, yes. it's good. It's a weird little movie. I'm here for it. Judge Reinhold's so fucking hot. Okay. I'm just going to look at Judge Reinhold. <laughs> I mean, Judge- Face Off is pretty gay. Yes. Because, I mean, they're, like, There's change like, dubs. Pieces. So many doves. They like are staring at mirrors, like shooting each other. Oh, yeah. that's right. The way I fell in love with Judge Reinhold as a kid is that he plays like the shitty stepdad in the Santa Claus, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I was like, so, I was crushing on him when I was uh, eight. <laughs> also, very funny on Arrested Development. Yes. Uh, he's very good on Arrested Development. I fucking, yeah. Hot. Judge Reinhold's hot, but um, 
the actual gayest uh, Nicolas Cage movie is World Trade Center. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we got anything else? Got any final words on Mandy? Um, let me see. Hell yeah. I want to check my notes <laughs> because I was coughing a log out. Oh, no. You're good. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I think I just want to watch. I, I want to see this movie. I feel like if it came on, like if they had it on the TVs in a bar, I would be paying attention. It's very bar movie, which sounds like such a. It sounds so fucking mean, but it's like if it was in a bar, I'd look at it. <laughs> well, because like, one is... time Heather's was on a bar on the TVs in a bar, and I was like fully just like, oh, I'm watching Heather's now. Like, yeah, How if, can it, you if not? the movie's right, it's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, like heavy metal or like cheap horror movies are great mm. bar movies just in general. Oh yeah, because they are like very visual and very splashy, and like you get like big kill scenes or whatever. Yeah, and that's perfect kind of like bar fodder. I love it. Yeah, we when we used to have parties in my early twenties, we would put on like whatever trauma movie we could find, because like those are just like get ten dollar budget, so it's just like lots of scenes of beaches and shit. Mm-hmm. Great low budget horror. I love the aesthetic. Or you could put on gay porn, that too. Or you could put on gay porn. You could put on Corel. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Corel would be a great background of a party oh, movie. Yeah. yeah. Brian, have you ever seen Corel? I have never seen Corel. Oh my god. I'm obsessed with I don't know what you're doing movie. after this, but go watch Corel. I'm adding it to my watch list. <laughs> the weirdest, horniest movie ever. Um, it's lots, of, lots of men and wife beaters, but the wife beaters, like. Um, make it look like they have huge tits. Yeah, so true. Because their muscles are so big. They're so big. And there's a bunch of just like dick statues everywhere. Yeah. And it looks like it? it's 545 all the time. <laughs> yes, it's like golden hour constantly. Oh, God, it's so good. Actually, <laughs> yeah, so Corel. Good. Everyone, uh, the other gay wreck is Corel. Just for yeah, no it's... reason other than that you should watch it. <laughs> it's always Corel. It always comes back to Corel. So good. And it's somewhat you can get it to Nicolas Cage, Carell, Captain Corelli's mandolin. Mm-hmm. There we go. We Actually, did it. Nicolas Cage would kill it in a remake of Corell. Bitch, yes he would. <laughs> yes he would. <laughs> yes she would. Especially the the one that gets accused of murder, like that character. Mm-hmm. Or is the captain of the ship? <sighs> He'd be a good captain. Ugh. Oh my god. He could bring it. He could serve it. He's played a captain. Then he's a yeah, he. Yeah. yeah. Now he needs to play a really horny captain that wants to fuck all of the men on the ship. <laughs> yeah, what if it's like a soft, like, what's the hardest something could be and still be considered soft core? Corel? Yeah. Yeah, Corel is as, as hard as soft core could get. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's basically, yeah. yeah, it's porn essentially without dicks in it. Well, there's dicks, but yeah. not, they're just pillars instead of on bodies. <laughs> on, on bodies. <laughs> the body is the pier. Um. All right, let's wrap this game up. Uh, my name is Dylan. You can find me on Twitter at Dylan Garcia, on Instagram at Garcia, and on Letterbox at Garcia. I'm Kirk Van Sickle, and you can find me on Letterbox, Twitter, and Instagram at K R K V N S E K L E. Woohoo! And uh, Brian, thank you so much for being on the show this week. Yeah, thanks for Where having me. Where can the girlies find you? You can find me on um, Twitter at bdbonnet and on Instagram at brian.bonnet. Uh, but also you can look at my podcast uh, called But It Matters to Me. Uh, I'll be starting that here in the next couple weeks, so keep a lookout for that. I'm very excited about that. The the great through the grapevine I've heard of people who have been on it. 
I can't wait. Yeah. I can't fucking wait. You're the first guest. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. And um, if you haven't already, we are running a contest for rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if we choose yours, you get to choose the movie after we watch 400 Marvel movies, which we're starting next week. Um, is that next week? Yep. Oh, God. We're doing Marvel next week. Yeah. No, are there was doing, time. Are you doing a month of Marvel? <laughs> yep. Yes. Oh, no. We're taking one yep. break in the middle so we don't kill ourselves. If we don't but... get plays on this, Dylan, I will come to Austin and kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, yeah. If this, if we don't quadruple our numbers for doing Marvel, like I, the podcast is over. Yeah. Well, you I have. Just... Sh- I would like my Mondays and Tuesdays back. <laughs> yeah. Then you, you'll just have to pivot into being a full frontal podcast. Honestly, yep. yes. Honestly, we might just... That'd be pretty iconic, though. If we did a Marvel series, didn't finish it. Like, we only did two of them. And we're like, fuck this. And then we just started a new podcast. I love it. All right. Y'all have a fabulously gay evening. I love you so much. It's not the bees. Bye. Not the bees. And now came talk. Talk. Talk.